Penn State's offensive line just might be the best position group for the 2023 season. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. And today's episode is sponsored by LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your 2023 goals. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That is linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. My name is Zach Seiko, and another live edition of Locked on Nittany Lines. I really like doing these live shows here. Uh, holds our feet to the fire. And joining me is another special guest and we're talking Penn State men's hockey. We're talking Penn State football to open the show. And that is Chris Hess over on the other side. Chris, thanks so much for your time this evening. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's always a lot of fun coming on here and talking Penn State. Yeah, yeah. And we'll get your perspective for Penn State men's hockey as they just got swept by Minnesota. That will be the final two segments. But for football, uh, I, I think there's, you know, we got to kind of hand out some superlatives, some projections here, because there's just not a lot of news. It's the dead period. You can only do so much in recruiting uh, at this point in time. And then you have winter workouts that just kind of pop up here and there. I think we've had maybe four or five now with the way that they've thrown out the uh, winter workout warriors. Uh, so Chris, just in general, your first impressions from what you've seen uh, from the winter workout news. They're working hard. That is just number one. They are working so hard and what the different coaches have been handing out for different players for, you know, warrior of the day or whatever they like to call it. Achiever of the day. I mean, it's, it's somebody different every day, but then we're seeing repeat guys like a Curtis Jacobs who's going out there and battling Bo Perbula has been turning some heads in the workouts also Khalil Dinkins so guys that are flying a little under the radar are the ones that are turning some heads yeah and that the tight end group is very talented because Jerry Cross is getting some buzz talked about that a little bit Khalil Dinkins going for it he had the three sweep uh, but then Jerry Cross uh, ended up breaking it up and utter dominance from Nicholas Singleton Bo Perbulev was uh, uh, obviously the interesting one early on with Drew Aller so uh, you know, we, we have the small sample size from this new team with the position groups uh, as you look at the accolades and who's racked them up immediately. And you're seeing some of those breakout stars, and I'm referring particularly to, uh, so yes, Dinkins falls in this category, but uh, uh, Cam Miller, for example, in the secondary, uh, KJ Winston at the safety spot, those guys uh, are, are guys that you kind of heard uh, under the radar. You know, they, they're going to be the next I don't know about superstar. I'd like that to be the case, but it, I think guys that can definitely be playmakers that can be solid contributors here. So with that being said, let's rank some of these position groups and we're going to go with the, the best first. Uh, I think it's the offensive line. Chris, who, who are you giving that nod to as the best all for whatever reason? Is it because they're the deepest because they have the most uh, upfront talent? What is the best position group on this Penn state team heading into 2023? <sighs> That is a really good question. It can and be a tie. That's not fun, but it can be a tie if you have that. 
I'm going to go with a 1A and 1B sort of situation. I'm going to go talent-wise, running back. I don't think that should really be up for discussion that you have a two-headed monster that one running back runs through guys, one running back runs away from guys. It's, you know, salt and pepper, ketchup, mustard, fire and ice, whatever you like to call it, thunder and lightning, and Nick Singleton and Katron Allen. But then I'd say offensive line, like you had mentioned, that this is a group that played very well in my opinion last year and is only going to get better that you have your core up front of old fashioned who's back thank you landed tangwall coming back from injury hunter norzad sliding to center and then sal wormley right guard and then you have a battle for right tackle Caden wallace or do you have Caden wallace move into the interior drew shelton and then you can't forget about the young guns of javen williams and Alex Birchmeyer coming into the fire also. Uh, th- there's just so many options that you have. And you have Vega, I- Vega Ione as well, who's mm-hmm. really good in the interior. That, you know, this is a position group that w- was once a concern. And now you're looking at it with some serious optimism. Yeah, and getting a guy like Chimney Ono uh, in, in the cycle as well, because this was a team that uh, early on in the transfer portal, you know, it's okay, you know, look for wide receivers, but one of the position groups, offensive tackle, and I thought that, wow, you know, uh, you have Caden Wallace coming, unless they knew something that we didn't, and I think that was the case of, well, Bryce Effner was going to medically retire. Uh, and he did so. They knew that, or at least were preparing for it. And so I think a chimney Ono actually offsets that just in the fact that now you have more quality athletic depth. You're not relying on the preferred run-ons uh, to be those guys on, on the scout team. And now you have guys that can mi- develop potentially like a Drew Shelton, someone that, no, you don't want them starting day one. You don't want them to see the football field whatsoever. But maybe down the stretch of the season, when, when numbers start to get a little thin, and that's why I put offensive line because they they are the deepest that they've been. Uh, I mean, 2013, 2004, uh, 2014, 2015, when James Franklin was, of course, starting here, scholarships were limited uh, and you really didn't have any options. You couldn't have competition. That, that's another big thing is that this offensive line can compete because I'm not sold on the starting offensive line of, okay, Olu Fashion was there at left tackle, but I think you bring up a great point that Caden Wallace at right tackle, his spot is a little vulnerable. I even think at the right guard spot, I think that's a little vulnerable. And I think someone like a Vanga Yuane can take that over. A JB Nelson could take that over. Is Landon Tangwall going to be 100, 100%? I, I don't know about that. Is Hunter Norzad, who's played tackle his entire career and then switched over to guard, and now he's playing center for the first time other than a few practice reps before a couple home football games. So it's, is that going to be the case? Nick Dawkins is a good backup, a quality backup at center. You have Drew Shelton who can come in at at the drop of a pin and can even start uh, at right tackle if they need him. So, and then of course the freshman freshman you mentioned. Uh, So who's the worst position? Well, I guess uh, who's the weakest link. I don't think uh, any position group on this team is necessarily bad uh, because I have them right now as the number four team in the country. If I'm in college football playoff takes the top four. So they're fourth. Uh, So who is the weakest link on this team? I would say defensive line at the moment. Okay. There's no doubt in my mind that that defensive line is talented. They have guys waiting in the wings. The guys that are currently there right now are extremely talented. The one concern I have is just that they're very undersized. You don't, they don't have a PJ Mustafer esque player on that defensive line right now. And PJ Mustafer is like I mentioned the last time when we were previewing the Rose Bowl. Guys like that don't grow on trees. You, mm. they are a dime a dozen. 
And, you know, Koziah Izzard, really, really good, 285 pounds. Devon Ellis pushing 300 pounds. You need a guy on that defensive line who's well north of 300 pounds but moves like a butterfly freely, moves around nice and easy mm-hmm. and can, you know, plug gaps and cause traffic that frees up everybody else. And I'm just not sure that they have a player like that on the defensive line right now. Now, that's not me saying that one of those guys I mentioned or someone waiting in the wings can be that guy. But right now, that's just sort of a, a foggy area. I think Zane Durant's that player, if you're thinking of one. Of course, you have Chop Robinson and Adisa Isaac on the outside. I mean, uh, defensive line is the whole group, but I think people are more concerned about defensive tackle because Deny Dennis Sutton's in this group. Zariah Fisher's back from his injury. Um, you, you're really, at defensive end, a pass rusher. I am not all that concerned, but not I, think a, you bring up, I think you bring up a good point. There's not a proven guy at defensive line and you're fortunate enough last season that PJ Mustafer was able to come back from his injury the way that he did. So we're kind of seeing the same thing with Zariah Fisher. Um, but I totally get uh, your concern there, especially in the middle. I- I'm going to be boring and go with special teams. Uh, Barney Amore gone, you know, and he, t- he turned into a punter that was very serviceable, very capable. And-, and I think might get a shot in the NFL with the way that he's been working and, and impressing some scouts, but that that's in the past now. You're turning it over to Alex Baquetta, who we've seen limited. Her great things about, most likely, right? We, we don't know that for sure. Is that going to be Gabe Wosu? Is that going to be Alex Baquetta, who fumbled that punt in the Rutgers game and got bailed out with a penalty, right? Fumbled the snap. And then on top of that, Jake pinniger has gone. Okay. Jake Pinniger, interestingly enough, he was inconsistent. He was solid, but he was very inconsistent at times. And now you're turning that over to who exactly is this Sanders Sahadek? Uh, and if Sanders Sahadek was as good and reliable, why wasn't he able to really challenge Jake Penninger for some maybe maybe some reps when Penninger was really struggling there? So uh, I'm going to go with spe- – and you also lose Chris Stoll at, at long snapper. Uh, you lose a veteran. You lose a captain. Uh, so this special teams is getting a complete makeover – Who's going to do kickoffs? Pinnaker was doing kickoffs at the end of the season, and you bring in the true tra- the the two transfers. Uh, so I, I'm just not I, I'm not sold. And we've seen we saw what an asset Jordan Stout was as the place kicker, as the punter, and as the uh, kickoff specialist. And now you don't have any of that. You also have Riley Thompson in the equation. The Alex Falcons. Alex Falcons from Columbia. Riley Thompson from Florida Atlantic. So there's going to be a lot of competition for both the kicker and the punter. And you also have to figure out who your long snapper is as well. So there's a lot to figure out right now. And there's talent there. Falcons is one of the best kickers in the Ivy league. And Thompson was a great punter in the conference USA for Florida Atlantic, that there's talent there. But again, how much do we really know about these guys? How are they going to perform at the power five level? He's Chris Hess. I am Zach Seiko. We're going to get into Penn State men's hockey next. But first, a word from our sponsor, and that is LinkedIn Jobs. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences uh, to help achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using in 
insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That is linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. And thanks again for making locked on Nittany lines. Your first listen and watch every single day. Make sure you check out locked on college basketball. March madness is getting ever so close locked on college basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, players, and coaches. That is locked on college basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. My name is Zach Seiko. He's Chris Hess, special guest. And we bring you on, Chris. You have the football expertise. Uh, you definitely have the Penn State men's hockey expertise. Uh, saw you at the game Friday. Good to run into you as, Good to uh, run but you as well. I, so let, let's let's just begin here. Which one hurts more? The, the total dominance of Minnesota in game one or the heartbreaker in game two? Just real quickly, which one do you think burns a little more as a Penn State fan or as that Penn State hockey team? The heartbreaker. Okay. I don't think that I personally, I don't think there's any debate, you know, games like that where you lose seven to two happen that nothing clicks and the other team just dominates you. But then the heartbreaker is the one that stings the most because you felt you did everything right. And you just let it slip through your fingers. Yeah, I think in game one, uh, Penn State was definitely asleep. You know, you had the two weeks off and then you welcome in a Minnesota team that just is number one in the pairwise. They're, they're just that good. Um, and, and that's just how good the big 10 is, because I think that would have happened almost in any case, uh, whether that's a top five Michigan team that comes in a top 10 Ohio state team, you're, you're going through a little bit of a lull period. You're, you're trying to return some guys quickly than anticipated from injury because you need to get back in your groove before. Hopefully we're going to answer this question. If Penn state is locked into the NCAA tournament, but, uh, Chris, your takeaways from this series, because I just, I don't know, I, I was disappointed. I, I thought, especially at the end, you know, it's not like you were leading two to one for most of the third period. You got the lead with two minutes and I, I didn't go to game two, but I'm watching it in full. And it just, even with the two minutes left, even when it got under 60 seconds, I'm like, this lead is not safe. That when they pulled the goalie just in close, I was like, this lead is not safe. So that's very concerning to me for this team that wants to be in the upper echelon, but they still show that they're in the second, probably the third tier when it comes to top hockey teams. It, it's definitely concerning, and there's no doubt about that. And when you're when Bob Motzko started to double shift Matthew Nyes, Jimmy Snuggerud, and Logan Cooley, mm -hmm. the pressure was on it was only a matter of time before they would break through. And that line was responsible for the last two goals that Minnesota had scored. And that last game reminded me so much of that last Minnesota game in the 2016-2017 season when Dennis Smirnoff tucked home the penalty shot with about a minute and a half left. Minnesota tied it right before the final horn and then won it in overtime. Exact carbon copy for that game just six years later. And I'm thinking to myself now, wherever Penn State gets seeded in the Big Ten tournament, whether that be three through six, maybe even two, if they get lucky and there's a couple other things that fall into place, 
they will see that Minnesota team again. They will see Minnesota again, and I will make a bold assumption right now that Pensy will make it to the semifinal round, and they will play Minnesota. That's it. Yeah, I mean, it depends where they're seated too. Now, Minnesota is that is that top team, so they will play the lowest seed. I mean, my hope was that Penn State was going to host a, a Big Ten round, and, and now it seems like, uh, at least in the short term, they're going to be projected to go to Columbus to play at Ohio State. Uh, they've done it. Did it did it last year <laughs> you know so it's not like they're not incapable and they're a very good team it's just for a team that was top five in the pairwise they've fallen down a couple of spots um and but in the big 10 i, I guess those projections were correct because i was kind of laughing to the bank saying you know oh i was right penn state was going to be this top tier team you know what do the coaches know saying that penn state's going to finish sixth in the big 10 lo and behold they're sixth in the big 10 Crazy enough, even though they're top right now, they're seventh in the pairwise. That's just how loaded the Big Ten is this year. That I don't think being in sixth is going to last long because Michigan State's season or regular season, excuse me, is finished. They are on the bye week next week. So uh, Justin Chevalella, who's an insider for Com Radio, did a really good job of mapping out all the different scenarios on his Twitter page. And he, in his opinion, he feels that the number four seed is the most logical case, which is Penn State secures at least four points against Wisconsin, and Notre Dame takes four or fewer points against Michigan. If Penn State sweeps Wisconsin, Ohio State would also have to pick up at least one point, and to him, that is the most probable outcome, that you know two through six is in the equation. But I agree with him in that sense that I think four is the most logical um, choice, or not choice, outcome. Yeah, I, I mean, Wisconsin's just bad. They're not even close. Uh, the fact that they're in the Big Ten tournament to begin with is just kind of, you know, they're, uh, it's just whatever. They, they have no business being there. And, the, and they'll play like that. They'll play like we have nothing to lose, which is kind of what we saw them beat Minnesota just the week before mm-hmm. they did split with Minnesota. So it's not out of the realm of the Badgers are just a little lowly this year in terms of comparable talent. But it's not if Penn State, if they do not sweep this team, what what ultimately does that mean? Because I, I a split is not doable here. A split is not a, a, a serviceable outcome. It's not an acceptable outcome, in my opinion. No, not at all. That this is a team that you swept in October or November, whenever they played. It was the, one of the mm-hmm. first Big Ten series that they played. You've had success against Wisconsin in the past, even when Wisconsin had all that you know, high-end talent, you know, Cole Caulfield, Dylan Holloway, the the upper echelon talent, Alex Turcott. These are all high-end guys that ended up making the NHL, and Cole Caulfield specifically, that this is a Wisconsin team that Penn State has had some really good success against, and especially in the Big Ten tournament, that they probably won't play Wisconsin in the Big Ten tournament, but that's beside the point. They've had success, and if they don't sweep, they're putting themselves in an even bigger hole, which then could lead to an even bigger hole for the NCAA tournament. All right. So that's a perfect segue into our final segment as we're going to, is it, is it a foregone conclusion that Penn state's in the NCAA tournament? Are they locked in? We're going to answer that next, but first another word from our sponsor of today's show. And that is built bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories. Totally understand. You got to try a built bar. 
We just got through the holidays and I know my goal is still to eat a little healthier this year. Stay on the health kick. And if you're like me, you want to eat healthier. You don't want to compromise the taste. The man, I've got just the thing for you. You got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. It's perfect for the New Year's resolution that's still going on. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That is right real chocolate and they come in unbelievably tasty flavors like churro peanut butter brownie and coconut almond i'm not sure how built does it but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros what's even better is that they are healthy only 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein and now you don't need to wait around to get a box for years we've been talking about ordering your built bars at built.com but now you can get them at your local walmart and sam's club that's right head to your nearest walmart today walk over to the pharmacy section grab yourself a box of built bars you can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream double chocolate or coconut puffs and if you're close to sam's club run in and grab a 13 bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter and churro you can thank me later it is Locked on Nittany Lions. My name is Zach Seiko. Chris has final segments. Still talking about Penn State men's hockey. If you got a question, you know, feel free to type it in the chat here on YouTube in the comments section. We'll answer any thoughts, any questions here. Uh, like if Penn State is going to make it into the, if it's a guarantee, or can Penn State essentially lose their way out of the NCAA tournament? Uh, just one, one last thought on the Minnesota series because it, it just, the, the passing for Penn State, and maybe this just has to do with, you know, losing that chemistry, losing that streak, because there's that rest versus rust debate. I thought the rest of the bye week was going to be good because they did get a guy like Kerwin back, but Shone's out for the season. They just weren't 100%, and they're not going to be for the remainder of the season. But you could tell in game two when Kerwin back, Kerwin back even though in a limited capacity or at least not a full capacity, that team played a lot different, uh, and it showed defense. <laughs> he's a you know he's a defender. Defense was a lot better in that case uh, up until the final five minutes there. But Minnesota, even when they weren't scoring goals, their passing was just effective. And I those two eighteen year olds, man, Cooley and, and Snuggerud, Penn State got burned by two kids, uh, which which really hurts. But I, I felt like the difference here for me was that Minnesota's passing was on on par all the time. And Penn State's just was not. And I didn't, I don't know what that was a testament of. Well, I'm going to be Captain Obvious for a second. There's a reason why those two 18 year olds were first round picks. There is a clear cut reason why that was the case. And it was on full display all weekend. Those guys have the it factor. And, you know, whenever they make it to the NHL, it could be after this season, could be after next. Nobody really knows yet. Those they're 18, guys, 19 years old. It's crazy. They're running clinics. It's not quite on the same level as the Michigan team from last year that had four yeah. of the first five overall picks on their team. That's a topic for another day. That was an NHL farm team. This is a step below an NHL farm team. This team is loaded, and those two 18-year-olds are going to do a lot of damage, not just for the remainder of the Big Ten season and into the tournament, in the national tournament, they're going to do some damage, and then they're going to do even more damage when they go to the NHL. That's why it's hard when you see that Minnesota. It was great for Penn State to get a win out there. I was surprised that they didn't get swept the first time, and that's when they got into the national conversation. But um, here you have that chance to kind of reestablish yourself, and you, you got a you gut punch, and it shows why Minnesota is in that top tier and, and who's really – 
going to threaten them because they're sound defensively and then offensively they had to get these weapons and when you have the number five nhl prospect in in cooley that that's just that so but the question now for this penn state team is can they lose their way and out of the ncaa tournament if they get swept by wisconsin and then they end up going to michigan state or ohio state i i don't i don't know i i feel i i strangely enough I feel like that cannot be good if you lose to, because it's not like you're losing to Notre Dame, right? If you get swept by Notre Dame, that's a different conversation. But you're at home. This is the final stretch of the season, and you lose to Wisconsin, and then just say you get swept in a three-game series by whoever you play, Michigan State or Ohio State, more likely Ohio State if you're losing to Wisconsin. I just I feel like that puts Penn State on a serious bubble here for the NCAA tournament for hockey, but... Maybe maybe I'm wrong here because they still are seventh in the pairwise. Yes, they are still seventh in the pairwise, but I would say they're pretty safe regardless of how okay. they do against Wisconsin and how they do in the Big Ten tournament. The biggest key was they got all of those non-conference wins. They ran the table in non-conference play, and you know you could debate all you want about you know this this team's non-conference schedule was weak. They only scheduled really Atlantic hockey teams. That's true. But that's how you're supposed to, you know, pad your stats a little bit to help get that cushioning that when it comes down to the stretch of the season, you're not on the bubble conversation. You won the games you were supposed to win and you battled in conference play that everyone and their mother knows that the Big Ten is top to bottom, one of the most competitive conferences in the country. I think it's just a matter of where they get seated right now in the NCAA tournament. They're slated to be in Allentown because they're hosting the regional I think it's just a matter of whether they're going to be a two seed or a three seed and who their opponent is going to be when the time comes. I think moving forward, they sweep Wisconsin. Um, and I, th- I think they do win. I think Wisconsin will definitely give them a scare because teams that play like they have nothing to lose are some of the most dangerous teams, especially in college athletics. But you see it in pros, too. You see it in the pro sports when a team's got they've got one win. 10 losses, whatever I'm thinking, you know, NFL football, the Texans roll in and they take a team who just won the Super Bowl at Kansas City Chiefs into overtime, right? You just kind of look at those things. Wisconsin's that team. They know that they can knock Penn State off and there's kind of that satisfaction of, hey, you know, maybe we can throw them off their game as a Big Ten opponent here and just make life more difficult for them when we really got nothing to play for here. Uh, but I think they can beat Wisconsin in both games. I, I think Penn State, they, you know, it's not like they're coming off a, a good winning streak. They got punched in the mouth by Minnesota. They're going to be amped up here and then see if they can carry that over into the Big Ten tournament, whether that's uh, a home series hopefully against, uh, I guess, what would that be, against Notre Dame if they can get that fourth seed, or would that be Michigan State? It all depends on what happens during next week's games that Penn State has to play Wisconsin. I'll look at the schedule right now. Penn State plays Wisconsin. Notre Dame plays at Michigan. And Ohio State has to go up to Minneapolis. Oh, feel bad for them. So bad for them. They did get that win on the uh, neutral ice site against Michigan, which I was uh, very impressed with there. So uh, Chris Hess joining me as a special guest on this edition of Locked on Nittany Lines, another live edition. Appreciate everyone who tuned in live for this one. Of course, before you go, make sure you check out Locked on College Basketball, everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, players, and coaches. That is Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Chris, what what's going on new for you? Where can people keep up with your personal work? What is next uh, in your line of work? Um, well, I... Just recently accepted a position at 
the flagship radio sports radio station in New York wow. City, WFAN. So Ooh. be doing a little production work for them um, starting up pretty soon. And you guys can follow me on Twitter at Chris 22 which is on the screen right in front of you. And if you want to follow my Instagram as well, it's at Christopher underscore Hess 22. There's a whole lot of, it's basically just a, all the different sporting events I go to and all that fun stuff and personal life stuff. Keep, you know, we keep it light. Tw- Twitter is the, the business and, you know, staying active in sports media and Instagram's like the soft and the soft side of me that I'm doing the stuff away from work, so to speak. The fun side. Well, the that's fun awesome. Side. So now I can introduce you as Chris Hess of WFAN, WFAN producer. Hey, hey, we're going to get there. It's only a couple more weeks till I start up, but I'm excited for sure. That's sweet. Well, I appreciate the time, Chris. Can't wait to have uh, more chats about Penn State hockey, football, and other sports in the future. So appreciate your time coming on the show today. Of course. Thanks for having me. I love coming on, love talking Penn State, and uh, love hanging out with you. I mean, we got to do it working together at Forever Media a little bit last year. You gave me my first opportunity right out of school, and I'm, I'm thankful for that, and I'm glad that I'm able to come back and do this. Glad we can have this relationship where we're talking about Penn State sports. Chris, thanks for the time and the expert analysis. Of course. Thanks for having me.